0: So uh, welcome to episode 147 of Together BHA. We are recording genuinely about six minutes post full time at Anfield. Uh, There's a lot of people probably still not out of the ground yet. Um, So uh, I'm joined, as always, uh, by Craig and Adam. Uh, Lads, how are we doing after that? You
1: feeling good? I mean, yeah, definitely. In terms of the performance and stuff, we'll get into it, but... Um, yeah, I think we sat here last week saying make a good account of ourselves and we'll, we'll dive into it. Uh,
2: that was a genuinely fun game to watch and then we didn't walk away bitter uh, in, against a team that are arguably the informed side in football right now um, with with arguably the best player in the world on, on current current form. You take those, you take those every day.
0: Yep. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I wouldn't even say it was up for debate. I would say Salah is the best player uh, in world football and we kept him off the score sheet today.
2: Uh, what more can you ask for? I uh, wouldn't even say just off the score sheet either. He didn't really do much. No. Uh, first 25 minutes, it, him and the overlap with Tia. Teet- we'll get into it, I know. But it wasn't, you didn't sit there and think, oh my God, Salah could have scored four. Nothing. No.
0: Not at any point. Kukurea had him had him in his pocket uh, for the entire game. Um, and it was, it was one of those things where he, he never really looked like doing a great deal. Um, and, and that pass for the first goal was one of those ones where it really could have gone to any foot. He, he played it well back, but there was about four players in the vicinity that could have got a foot out. Yeah. Um, in terms of the lineup, uh, lots of changes, really, in terms of uh, formation more than personnel. Um, but just as much uh, so, Besuma back in, uh, Mwepu getting a start, Duffy back in, uh, Solly March getting a start, uh, Mope dropped to the bench, you no know, Pascal Gross, um, and uh, Lacadia on the bench over Aaron Connolly, which I thought was quite funny. Uh, I enjoyed making a little meme about that as I woke up this morning. Um, we, we approached this game very similarly to the way we approached the second half at Leicester City. And it was something that I know a lot of fans online said that they were quite hoping that they might see a bit more of the false nine. Um, What were you two's thoughts on a? I suppose the second half at Leicester because we will get into we will cover that a little bit as to how we thought that was, Um, and then how we went about approaching this against against the team at Anfield.
1: It was an interesting one. I think just in in terms of, I don't think anyone saw more pay being dropped for for Trossard. Um, we'll we'll talk about, I guess, the effectiveness there. But you know, we're, we were saying in in the WhatsApp group just in terms of the the four five one in terms of four at the back too. Um, and and how we sort of measured up. Um, it it was obviously interesting to see the number of changes they made. Um, Mwepu getting a start when we sort of just said you know he did need Leicester to maybe get running and we'll talk about we'll work with obviously um but i think it's, it's hard to now we've got hindsight on the changes i think at the time i was like okay this is a little bit left field and but it seemed to work
2: i've i've seen i've, I've seen rich crop up in the chat he's back better without gross uh- <laughs> uh the, the formation was I did, have we I'm not sure we've seen a true potter just completely go with the false nine with that amount of dedication to, to start a game at least and from what I'm trying to think back I know we've we've pivoted to that four through three a few times but this truly felt like a we're gonna lob truss out there and kind of play four five one and and maybe in possession on a count out, we'll push guys up a little bit further um Basuma started, obviously, as well. We we haven't really touched on that. Um, I thought he had a really, really strong first half. I know he was taken off after about 60 or so minutes, but he looked really good as well. I guess the only downside you can think about is the continuing discussion that we've had over and over again, which is we don't seem to wake up in the first few minutes of games very well. Um, We sometimes fall off and we play too conservative. And then suddenly in the second half, we, every game in recent memory, we come out in the second half, we look really good. Um, so Potter either has got incredible halftime team talk or a really crappy pre-match one. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm not sure what it is, but I'd love to see some balance there. So it doesn't, it's not so Jekyll and Hyde.
0: Yeah, it was a it was a weird one because like you said, this was definitely the first time we've ever pivoted to a full investment into that false nine, um, and and we saw we saw it against against Leicester, and I thought we looked really good um, in that second half. And there was a, there was a Leicester fan on a on a Liverpool preview show I was a part of yesterday, um, where I was interviewed by the Sun, um, not the <laughs> not the rag, the actual uh thing we see in the sky that our planet moves around um he he is a liverpool fan i
2: guess um and just in it, case people don't understand what you're talking about here the, the the person's has a digital like avatar that is the sun um and he voices the sun i don't know what that guy puts yeah in it's serial but yeah
0: uh, you know, we're not in any way affiliated with them. Uh, I think it was the cop talk or, or something like that. Um, I, t- I retweeted them yesterday. You know, it, it, they just asked me to pop on and have a chat. So uh, I'm not kind of, I, I didn't know this was coming. It was very unexpected. Um, but I, I really recommend going and have a look at it because you have to see it to believe it.
2: Um, yeah, he's an was, eloquent guy. He's just a son. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> cop on. It was cop on at an LFC podcast podcast. Uh, I'm sure if you just look at that on YouTube, you'll have a look. And uh, yeah, he's he's literally the son. Um, but the other Leicester fan on as well, and and he agreed that that we were well worth the draw. He thought that we were much better, much the better side in the second half, and that came with the with the tactical change. Um, I think that having Wepu play during the midweek was huge uh, because he seems to have came on in leaps and bounds. Uh, and and again having the opportunity for someone like Lamptey to come on late on like that because we didn't play him against us and didn't risk him was big as well. Um, I know that Rich has just said it in the chat and I, I I can't agree more. And I think we talked about it in the WhatsApp group as well. Bisuma and Wepu can play together. That is good news. Uh, I thought that pairing today uh, was just excellent. Um, I, I pfft, it, I just can't believe I tweeted it earlier what a change from from the from the man that we saw at Burnley he looks like a totally different player um clearly the one we wanted to sign uh, and, and we're now becoming to that point where we talked about before where you've got a whole bunch of midfielders that are playing incredibly good football and where do you go from here
1: yeah and I think the there was always the intention, right? As soon when we did sign Wepu, it was like, "Oh, can he play with Basuma? Is Basuma the defence, and Wepu's the the box, the box." Um, I think Josh, as you said, in terms of the Burnley game and and what Wepu's done up until this point, you know, you, you give him some slack for the adaptability of moving to a new country, playing within a new system, all of that sort of stuff. But I think now, and especially today, like I thought he had our best game for us by by far. Um, the third one there as well that I don't want to leave out, obviously playing against his former team is Lallana today as well, who in the first half was He's running. Very good. Very yeah. Good. So in terms of those three, and we, we always mention a midfield three on this podcast in terms of who are we going to play there? Um, it was very much Lallana, um and Wepu and Basuma. And then you had Moda out on the wing, um, almost as like, you know, that sort of attacking outlet that he does for Poland. So obviously worked really well today. <laughs> fell asleep in the first 10 minutes because we don't like playing the first 10 minutes of any game. Um, and then from from that point onward, it was incredibly even. And I thought we were really good today.
2: Yeah. Uh, the old dude brothers, what a game. I, I completely agree. We said right at the start of this, just what an enjoyable game it was. Um, I mean, even think, I know we went, we went down early and it was suddenly doomsday because you go down a goal, within three minutes, I think it was, at Anfield, and you start to go, well, this is going to be a a long 87. Um, (laughs) But then Basuma drew an incredible save out of Alisson. I thought on first glance was just he hit the post, Um, but it was a Mm. tremendous save. I mean, we were doing it. There was a lot happening there, and I agree with you. Mwepu, and I know we'll probably get on to the uh, absolute peach of a, a goal that he scored that was definitely a cross. Um, but he was outstanding. I think the, the big thing that I think we saw a lot of, and you, the same could be said about Kukureya as well, a lot of energy today. Um, some of these players played against Leicester midweek, but the majority of them had a had a rest. And they were just Mwepu, Kukureya, Moda, Basuma, up and down the pitch the whole time. And that was the difference for me when we came out the second half. There were some slight tweaks from Potter. But you see how Liverpool, they kept up that press for as long as they could in the first half. And then they just ran out of energy to just do that over and over and over again for a full 90. And suddenly all of the momentum and the shift came over to us. And I think that's testament to the players, the fitness and, and, and also obviously Potter.
0: Yeah, Wepu, especially for me, yeah. I, it got to halftime and I was texting somebody else and I said to them, like, how long can he keep this level of, of energy up? You know, he's not played a huge amount of minutes. He has come back from injury. Um, and, like, he did play a bit midweek. He did play minutes midweek as well. Like, how long can this can this guy just keep going? Like, there's got to be a point in time where he runs himself eventually into the ground, and it didn't, didn't really come. Um, he's probably going to be getting a weller. He probably won't wake up now until <laughs> Tuesday, because uh, he just kept going to the ground mental. Um, let's talk about that opening 10 minutes or, or – Really, we could talk about that opening twenty-five because uh, once the once the Mané goal went in, everything changed. Uh, from from then on, the, the the entire energy of the game really took a massive reversal. Um, opening couple of minutes, uh, we we had a really good chance. Soli March was clearly on side. Um, Went through one-on-one with Alisson, did not finish, um, and in just over 60 seconds, the ball was in the back of our net. Uh, Salah, back to Henderson and in the back of the net. Um, Again, as Craig said, we don't like playing for that first 10 minutes. uh, We do tend to start very slowly. Um, I don't think Kukurea did a great deal wrong for that goal. Um, he did get to his man pretty quickly and he did show him outside as opposed to letting him come, you know, further down and cause him more problems. And I, I, I don't really have anybody to blame in my head. I'm not sure who, who can pick up the blame for that.
1: No, um, I don't think I can see it. I, it's just, in terms of, you know, that that's counter attacking. I don't think there's any sort of blame on anyone. When I, when I first saw it, I was like, can Sanchez do a little bit better there? You know, it's, it's curling, away from his body but he looked a little bit closer than maybe he was but you know those those sort of things uh, you expect that when we when we start so slowly and it's it's no surprise that we, we the first 10 minutes of every game um you know it, it anything can happen but i think for the the solid march chance as well i think he was just waiting for somebody else to come like he really didn't want to take it himself yeah. so um you know that that sort of hesitancy um is ultimately led to a counter-attack where we've conceded after yeah two and a half minutes
2: I, I i noted down that kukurea did what he could but he was about half a second too slow on, on closing down and then Lolana was about half a second too slow closing down henderson it's very easy to say this sat on your ass on the sofa um but the, the, the commentator did bring up a decent point in that you probably don't concede that goal if you're playing the the, the five at the back formation, right? Because Cougarie is further out and then you've got your Dan Byrne or whomever it is then closing down a little bit and, and blocking that channel out. Um, so that was kind of interesting, but it's, I agree. We're, we're nitpicking. It's one of those ones where you put your hands up and go, yeah, they, they just did a good job there. This is Liverpool and they scored a goal. That happens.
0: Yep. Second goal, uh, polar opposites for me. Uh, we did just about everything, uh, <laughs> wrong that we could. Um, it was the sort of goal that I would expect us to concede if we were a league one side playing them in the cup. Uh, it was bad. Uh, you shouldn't have any premier league side leaving a man that wide open in the box for a free header. Uh, I don't care who he is, whether he's Sadio Mane or, or, or Timo Pukki, whatever, like you shouldn't be allowing a player like that to get that much space. Um, Duffy was miles off of him uh, and upon the replay I'm not even sure where the rest of the centre halves were that they were miles away. Um I know that you know catching us on the break is a big thing but Liverpool's just that's just Liverpool's MO but that second goal was entirely preventable. I feel that that was a real big uh, just group huge group of errors on on Albion's half and obviously on hindsight it didn't end up mattering that much uh, but that could have been one of those goals where you look back on and think there's just
1: there's just no reason to have conceded a goal that poorly. Yeah, and just allowing that cross in in the first place, I think just in terms of the ball in by Chamberlain is is okay, but you're right, like Duffy's just nowhere to be seen. He's just way off the pace of where he should be. Um, but that cross shouldn't come in in the first place. I think you know he he had so much time to put that in. Um, yeah, and like you said, they, those are the goals that you look back on and you you sort of you think, well, that's where it all turned to crap, basically. Uh, hell of a ball by the Ox, though. Got to give him that. It was a really good
2: ball in. Um, and then he didn't do a lot for the rest of the game. So, you know, yeah. Uh, we'll forget that one, hopefully, and, and not do that again. Yeah, for sure.
0: Um, I mean, to be honest, uh, I, I don't see teams like Newcastle uh, and Villa and Leeds presenting those same kind of counter-attacking problems um they're just I mean they're Liverpool um so I think that we can we can take that as a learning opportunity and know that we're not going to face players of that caliber uh very often and that's and that's not an indictment on on teams like Liverpool and Newcastle it's more of a uh, uh an acceptance that teams like Liverpool are just that good um after that though like I said once we hit that 25 minute mark it was not it was not a game where you would expect to uh, against Watford they turned that they turned it on and they kept it on against Manchester United last week they scored two and they didn't slow down they got quicker uh, today that Albion side refused to to accept that it was in any way shape or form beaten um and we continue to play our way almost to a great. Great calamity, uh, where we almost conceded a third. Uh, the the passing around the back, I like it, I understand it, I believe in it. That pass to Sanchez, however, uh, should never be seen again. Um, what, what was going... Was it Dunk, I think? What was going through his head when he thought, I'm going to pass it to him, literally on his line, with two Liverpool players in the box with us? What... What was that? I, I, is that is that the action that because Lewis Dunk has it every now and again where he does something weird? Is that the reason he's playing for Brighton and not for teams like Manchester City when he was just up in the Premier League twenty seven twenty eight? Is that the reason why they didn't go for a t- for, for Or Is it just one of those things that he just has in his po- in his locker? Uh, <laughs>
2: To be fair, Man City just had one of their central defenders sent off for a stupid challenge today. Man United's central defensive pairings are uh, pre-Varan. Harry Maguire, who has this in his locker multiple times a game. So, to be
0: fair, that's why I didn't include Manchester United (laughs) in the conversation, (laughs) because they they have no business being in that conversation either.
2: (laughs) I, I, I actually don't put the blame that massively on dunk. It was Sanchez's fault. Uh he took an extra touch um and he also ignored the fact that he had Veltman as an outlet on the right side for a simple pass up top um He decided to take a touch, fanny about with it, and just just absolutely try and hoof it um yeah, he won't hopefully do that again uh but I think that's I think it's overall more of a dedication to that mindset and that style of play. I think the flip side that you saw from this, and we'll get into, onto this in a minute, is Sanchez made the goal uh, in the 65th minute uh, that, that brought us equal. He started that amazing pass out to Kukureya, who then ran on and, and you know ended in ended in that that goal from Trussar. So it's sort of live with the sword, die by the sword, a little bit in terms of how we play out from the back.
1: Yeah, and we, we talk about that um, that confidence in terms of what Sanchez plays with, but also what Dunk plays with. You know, they these are these are guys that inherently trust each other to play the system that they've been taught. Um, so I don't have an issue with it. I think similar to Adam, I have an issue with Sanchez trying to pass it in the middle, <laughs> like through the park when it's clearly a very high press on, and someone is just at the corner flag. So you know, there there are certain and. Sanchez was good today, obviously. He, he always is. Um, but I think he does have that shaky moment of, I don't want to call it overconfidence, but in terms of just trying to play it too or with too much difficulty, you know, in terms of believing in himself. Um, so, yeah, it could have been easily been <laughs> mitigated in, in any way. Um, very lucky that it was actually given for handball.
2: This is well, also it- ruled out
1: as well. Yes,
2: yeah. but this is Liverpool's game. Let's not forget that their whole style of football is centred around the press. Um, they'll make this difficult for you. Um, like they do this to other sides, maybe not quite so vividly in this particular example, where it was a comical, comical goal that wasn't a goal. But this is what they do. They're, they're the best side in world football at the moment. This is and this the Gengen press is their whole approach to it.
0: And and like you said, you both said, uh, you both talked about it. It didn't knock Sanchez's confidence at all. You you see that in a lot of goalkeepers, they have a mistake like that, and you see that it, they visibly go back into their shell. They're not they're totally different after a mistake like that for the rest of the game. He's done this twice now: once against Man City, where he could have been to blame for that first goal, uh, and once now uh, against Liverpool. And both games, he went on to play incredibly well. Um, yeah. So I mean, it's a. He's what twenty three. the The mental strength is, the mental strength in goalkeepers is is so important, just as much as as the physical side, more so than for a lot of other players on on the outfield. Um, and he seems to have it in droves. Uh, sometimes too much, but you, it's almost like you can't have enough. So just keep it up. Um, And then, just before,
2: yeah, go on. I I just want to add one more thing to that because I think we've given Sanchez a bit of a hard time with some of this recently. But if you think about some of the best keepers in today's game of football, it's a different style, right? I know stating the obvious here, but two of the best keepers in the Premier League and in the world are Allison and Edison. Both have that level of overconfidence in their game. and It's what makes them very good keepers. They will stand uh, way up off their line. They'll push out. They're good with their feet. They'll take risks. I mean, Allison got sent off last year against us. Edison's good for sending off every now and then. And they're both good for a potentially terrible mistake every now and then. But they're in the team and they're good at their job because they take those risks and because they have that confidence. So I, in some ways you can see it as a good part of Sanchez's game in a weird way.
0: I agree. I really do. I I would rather have a keeper like that. That's going to make one or two howlers a season because of that overconfidence than a keeper that is, isn't that's going to continue to be one of those, you know, average keepers. Um, yeah. So I agree with you 100%. And, you know, speaking of, Speaking of keepers that were a bit hard done by today, Alisson with the sun in his eyes uh, had uh, 100% a shot uh, from <laughs> Enoch Mwepu, uh, Russell in the back of the net um, right before half time as well. And we deserved it. We, since that second goal, we were the better side. Um, we were very much in control of the game, to be honest. Um, we were, we'd had more shots. our Pass accuracy was way up. Uh, we were winning on just about every stat you could ask. Uh, out between that, that 25th minute and the and the goal. And again, this is one of those things where last season this doesn't get anywhere near the back of the net. Uh, but the that regression to the mean of having a bit of luck go our way as much as it goes against us today, that Mwepu goal was it in a nutshell. Um, likewise for the Maneha ball, I suppose. Um, he loved it. He was so happy, weren't he? Um, and you know you can only you can only do, deal with what you've got, and and that cross turn shot we see it all the time, and it just never seems to be for us. So it was really nice today to see him get a hold of it. Um, and I mean, if it was an actual shot in his head, what a finish!
1: Really cool. I I mean just watching I think just from another perspective as well just watching Mwepu like play football with a massive smile on his face just in terms of like just how happy he is just even playing football just makes everyone else smile but like yeah like you said we very rarely get these come our way um similar to the second goal, we actually, you know, walk, walked it into, <laughs> into the box and finished it. Like, that doesn't happen to us too often. So, um, to see something like come off and obviously for Mwepu to continue what he's been doing in terms of his progression, um, we saw a very good player today um, and he got his just desserts, even if it was a, a cross-turn shot.
2: I think what was also impressive in that, that, that goal wasn't just about Mwepu. There was a lot of really good build-up play, a lot of running through the channels by the players around him that gave him the space to even attempt whatever it was. Um, and that and that was impressive. Uh, but what a week for him. Uh, he played his heart out in this game. He scored twice. Uh, and, and let's not forget that he missed a penalty also the last week that, that caused the end of things. So he came back from that in a good way too. So this is a he'll be running on some nice confidence after this week and going into the Newcastle game. Yeah. And deservedly.
0: So I think Um, his midfield counterpart came off at 60 minutes. Uh, Maka came on for Bissouma in that second half. I know just before that, I will get to it. I just forgot. Uh, Bissouma did come off though. He hasn't played a full game of football since before the international break. And we're the second, the next one is fast approaching. So it's a long time. Uh, for a professional footballer to not play football uh, he played just over half an hour midweek and played just exactly on the hour today that's a full 90 minutes of football this week um, I think it's safe to say that he will probably be starting and playing a full 90 minutes against the Toon uh, next weekend at the Amex
1: you agree yep yeah I think so I think when you put all of the um, allegations aside and bits like that you know he still is Probably our best player by by a mile. So in terms of what he brought to the team today and breaking things up in the center defense um and, and being able to throw himself about and be everywhere um at the back, you could see the difference that he makes to this team. Um, you know, we, we won't talk about all of the outside of football stuff, but purely from a footballing perspective, you know, everyone knows what he brings to this team and, and how he improves that whole team
0: hasn't seemed to have affected him though has it adam like that does that speak i mean i think that speaks volumes to the the club ethos around him and how they have protected him in this time um because he hasn't he didn't drop a single a single bit today he was just the same player that he was a month ago
2: no it, we're different. we're different uh caliber when he is in the team uh he manages to just dance around a little way. That means that he just gets the extra step and the extra bit of space on, on the other midfielders, which creates the opening for a really compelling ball that he can play forward. He did that multiple times in the first half where he just made some space, made the midfielders and the defense sit back and move around a little bit. We just don't get that without him in the side so much. Um, and no, he he doesn't look short of confidence, right? If anything, he's a couple of times he held onto the ball too long because he was so confident it wouldn't get taken off of it. Um, yeah, you just gotta, you just gotta hope everything is good outside of this, and we can continue having him, uh, you know, lead the way. I, I was a little bit shocked. I messaged you guys. Yes, he, he's working his way back into ninety minutes of football, but I like that Potter's stance was all right because uh, I think this was also after Salah had his goal ruled out for offside right at the start of the second half. Yep. So with Salah was super at the beginning and this
0: was bang on the hour. So yeah, about yeah. 10 minutes after.
2: So we're just on the cusp of going 3-1 down, Potter goes, you know what, I'm going to take off my defensive midfielder. I'll bring on Alexis McAllister, my attacking midfielder, and just see what happens. Like that's uh, that's that risk thing we're talking about, right? And the different approach to the game. And it worked. Like it we did like a really good side as well, even with Basim Roth, potentially a better side just by the pace of the game and how the cadence worked out.
0: Yeah, no, I, th- I think you're right. It was it was a strange substitution just because of the personnel change. Um, and, and like you said, we we were a little bit on the back foot again, and and we brought in McAllister, and I, I think I agree that like he changed he changed the tide a little bit again. Um, and you know, five minutes after that substitution, as you said, it was I think it was three passes from from one end of the pitch to the other, uh, which is peak potable. Uh, it was very reminiscent, funnily enough, of Trossard. Uh, uh against Everton a couple of years ago that that kind of last second where he caused Dina to score the own goal um I think that was about four passes from one end of the pitch to the other and it happened again today Sanchez Kukurea, uh and and then on to what Lallana I think into Lallana, Trossard yeah, goal. Yeah. um Trossard seems to have found a real head on him he seems to be getting a bit of that arrogance that he clearly had a genk back in his swagger um and he looks like a player that is absolutely confident that he's going to finish a chance every game. And that's something that we sorely missed from from anyone last year. Um, the goal itself, I thought, was sublime. It was Liverpool football at its very best against Liverpool at Anfield. Uh, even Klopp uh, smiled at, 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 the, at the goal going in. Um, I think it was one of those things that even as him, he had to sit back and go... Fair enough. What I mean, what what can he have to complain about? Um, and at that point, you know, the tide had already changed at halftime. But we weathered that first five minutes. The goal was disallowed. Uh, that that substitution change was a big one to help us out as well. And and from then on, you know, after that goal, it, pff, we immediately made a change: Yakub Motor off, Tarek Lamptey on, and stuck Tarek Lamptey at the right wing and put him just told him to sit on the halfway line. Uh, Andy Robertson did not dare maraud forward anymore causing them to become super lopsided which was an incredible tactical move by Potter um, and and from then on it, it almost looked like there was only one team that was going to win it
1: I mean yeah impressive just in, in terms of going back obviously to the substitution in terms of McAllister you know we, we sit here week in week out saying when is he going to get more of a chance you know when is he going to start and um, And the reality is, is that the impact that he has off that bench um, is so good right now that why would you change that, you know, in terms of him coming in, making a difference, even if it is for, you know, our best defensive midfielder coming on. Um, And yeah, I think you're right in terms of the the last 25 minutes. You're talking about a tactical switch with Lamptey. You're talking about um, a tiring side who, you know, tried to press us for 65 minutes, how good we are on the ball and how we make other teams move um means that they weren't able to do that for 90 minutes and yeah the, the last 15 um it looked like we were going to be the ones to take it not them it was really impressive
2: i want to go back to the goal uh that you were talking about that Trossar finished that's that is the quintessential thing that potter sets the side up for every week he wants to score that goal quick out from sanchez out to the left wing, about 60% of our play always focuses down the left wing. Nice interplay. Lalana pushes up into Trossard goal. That's the goal Potter wants to score over and over again. Um, so I think that was to do that against Liverpool at Anfield, when they were trying to push forward and get a third goal that would have killed off the game, incredibly impressive. Um, every pass went right on, on that goal. Um, the Lamptey piece is yeah, I mean, multiple times when he was given the ball, he would shrug for his size. He's got, he's got that centre of gravity that means the I don't want to call him messy, obviously, but he's got that centre of gravity that means that he can just run away and just put shoulder in and just use the the, the weight from the defender and just sort of bounce off him a little bit and just go it, on. It did like did com-
1: multiple times. Yeah, he completely bodied Robinson. Didn't he? Yeah, it's
2: like, <laughs> how are you doing that? He can't be more than about eight stone. Um, but... He does look to
0: have put a couple of pounds on, though, doesn't he? Uh, it happened to Trossard yeah. uh, about yeah. eighteen months ago when he got hurt for a, two or three months. He came back and his biceps were like Popeyes. It looked like he'd really been in the weight room. And and Lamptey just as a build, like he looks stockier. And 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 like you said, like a Robo just bounced off of him. It was funny. Yeah.
2: It's that's the difference between us and and footballers. Like we're injured and we've got some time off. I'll just be cruising on the skills and things like that. Whereas they're like, oh, I'll just work on the upper body if I can't go. Um, I, he, I think the big difference that he gave, apart from the fact that he's just a stunning player, is he became an outlet. And we didn't have that in the first half. And that's why the switch was made, right? With, with in terms of tweaking things a little bit, moving people around. Every time for the first 30, 35 minutes, we tried to get the ball out. It was up to a, uh, a Trossard that was all on his own surrounded by a bunch of Liverpool defenders. This time we had multiple options and you give it to Lamptey on an overlap and he's just gonna go. And that presses those defenders back. It sets Robertson back so he can't push as far forward. Um just just really amazing stuff in terms of coming out of Potter in, in terms of how he tweaks things.
0: Yeah it was one of those it was a bit of a masterclass, class weren't it from him in that second half especially those those substitution changes were just it was just it, everything he touched had to cold. That's um, why he gets respect
2: from other managers, other good managers. It's not all just plaudits and waxing lyrical for no reason. Was, I know we joked about it with Guardiola last week. It's like, yeah, he beats us and then says a bunch of nice things about Potter. You can do one. But like he, Potter is like a really, really solid mind around how you work your way back into a football game. A lot of other managers would have walked out in the second half and lost the game three or four one.
0: Yeah, and and it it was it was a game that that they lost two points on, and Chelsea they're not stupid they'll have seen by now they're three points clear before that press that press conference started at the end of the game. Great will, great day know. for Chelsea this one. Um, and, and Klopp has already said today Brighton are incredibly good. They're a really good football team and deserved it. I mean what more can you like you know he was uh, he, he was a bit of a spicy meatball now, last season with uh, with some of the stuff but but today you know they drop points and and he's still able to come out and to say, you know yeah fair enough they deserved it um and and like you said I think that's exactly why potter gets the, gets
1: the plaudits and the
0: respects he does I I don't think it's all lip service I think they genuinely are big fans of him
1: yeah it's just this team as well just in terms of being able to play that way. And I think we, like we said, like we had a couple of what we call free hits last Saturday and today in, in terms of, and all we wanted to ask of is like, let's just play our game and like, let's do what we need to do. Um, Obviously we, we tried it against city. They were just more clinical from our own mistakes more than anything. But today, like watching that team and, and giving, you know, arguably the better side over the 90 minutes, um, you know, it, impressive. And, you know, testament to what they're doing this season because there's clearly a big difference of last season even though we did win that corresponding fixture last season um we just look like a more solid outfit um and then when you get a little bit of luck like the wepu shot no luck there Craig.
2: nothing all skill
1: absolutely meant it um but yeah it's just seeing, seeing those go for you as well um getting those just rewards after a very complicated or very stressful season last season where we didn't get what maybe we liked
2: the um, uh, stateside seagulls tweeted out in response to someone that the xG on the Mwepu goal was zero point zero two. Um, but speaking of, you know, Craig, you said we were arguably the better side. We had one point five xG in that game. Liverpool had one point two four away at Anfield. Um, more big chances created on our side. Uh, just incredible stuff. And the and Lanty substitution that we talked about a lot here, but. Could, if you're if you're Andy Robertson and you're well I don't know what minute it was when he came on um but we were close like 65 70 somewhere around then 66 minutes came yep. on for Yakamoto that is the last thing you want to see <laughs> yeah like, oh, I've got to push up we've got to try and win this game oh god now just can't do that so I've got to track back and we got just so nice to have that option so nice
0: got to the end of the game uh and from the eighty eighth minute onwards, uh I I was confident that we were getting a point, at least. Uh and I'll tell you why, because the bookings started coming thick and fast. Um and that was <laughs> that it was not an accident. Uh Liverpool were incredibly uh irritated. Uh Minamino, I think, had been on the pitcher for about forty eight seconds before he got a yellow card, followed up quickly by Tarek Lamptey, Shane Duffy a minute later and then Andy Robinson two minutes later after that. Uh, four yellow cards in five minutes. Um, and and to me, that was a good sign there. Like, okay, we're in their head. They're frustrated. They're going to be doing too much or overthinking stuff. And I think we've got this in the bag at least at the point. Um, and again, I think that's another one of those things where it's a testament to, to Potter and the team. They they knew what they were doing. They slowed it down. They started playing obnoxious, you know, sport, like gamesmanship stuff uh, with that free kick where Lamptey kind of stood over it, gesturing <laughs> 10 <laughs> seconds. And, and it totally bothered them. Um, something that we wouldn't have done last year, and again, something that we we weren't astute enough to be doing yet, and and we're showing that little extra bit of growth, and that's the difference between zero and one point, or one point and three. Um, does yeah. Tarek Lampty start for you next week?
1: Yeah, I mean it's Newcastle, is not it? You know, we, I think you mentioned it last week in terms of it's probably Tarek Lampty's favorite team to play against. So I think I think he has to.
2: Uh, if I, uh, hopefully his ankles fine went down with a little ankle injury didn't he? but he seemed to play on fine and, and straight after getting back up ran faster than I've ever run in my life so yeah I think he should be alright <laughs> um, I'll I tell you what I, th- I think the most resounding thing for me during that Ed towards the end of the second half and I, I noted this down Wepu, I think got a corner Anfield was silent you could hear a pit they were furious because we'd suddenly taken the onus in this game Possession started to ramp up. There was a level of controlling and people, they were frustrated. The fans were really frustrated. They were frustrated right up until the end when they were like screaming at their players for passing it around at the back. Um, not many sides get the privilege of hearing that version of Anfield as an away team. Um, I just It's just so impressive how it worked out. So impressive. And it, it ended up to the fouling point you made. For our American listeners, you'll know this. But college basketball here in March Madness, it ended up like a college basketball game where everyone was just fouling everyone at the end, just trying to just trying to stop the clock and get forward. But um, yeah, amazing stuff.
0: Man of the match today. Um, there's a few. There's, I'm interested. I'd, I don't think we're all going to be just saying the same name this week. Uh, so who have we got as, as man of the match? Craig, you're first up.
1: Yeah, no pressure. Uh, I'm going to go for. <laughs> I'm going to go for Mwepu today um in terms of what he brought to the table that first half like his energy we talk about dynamism in the middle um in terms of we always struggle against teams that really do bring that energy there um he was everywhere today created a lot um scored an incredibly intended shot um and i think he he just really impressed me. Also, from a progression perspective, just you know, we've we've seen him at Burnley away. We saw him play a couple of games where he was just off the pace. Um, this, I think, as Josh said, this is the this is the player that we bought from Salzburg, um, and I'm excited to see just how how much better he gets.
2: Oh yeah, I don't think there's really many wrong answers here, is there? Uh, I was very tempted to say Lalana, but again, for me, I just I can't believe we were able to sign Kukurea. Uh, and I mean that in the nicest possible way. As in, I have no idea how another big side did not come in and buy this guy. He was endless energy back and forth. We talked about how the, the, the fact that Salah really... They had to swap Salah at one point to the left side yeah. um, mm-hmm. because he wasn't doing anything. Like, just amazing stuff. I think the fact that he would do such... Fantastic defensive work, and then a second later he's just gunning up the pitch uh he was a major part in that second goal some really nice interplay passes to make that work. But it's him for me he's so so good
0: yeah uh i on one hand, I want to give it to Trossard because I thought he played mm-hmm. his role magnificently um he's probably man of the match one point b as opposed to one a uh but i'm I'm gonna give it some weapon as well. But again, more just solely due to the progression point. Uh, outrageous, you know that he was just incredibly, incredibly effective at just about everything they asked him to do. Um, defensively, he was he was well up there. Uh, you know he was he was doing a great shift and tackles, interceptions, block shots. Like he did a great job. Scored the goal, whether it was intentional or not. You've got to be up there in the first place, you know, to cause those issues. And you know that that midfield pairing is exciting uh with Basuma. i've never seen a pairing like that at the albion ever um you know guts like the guts in them at anfield to play the way they did energy reading of the game skill stamina the ball winning the ball playing the box to box stuff like uh, i've never seen anything like it i've never seen anything like it in And it was prime charlie Oakway and richard carpenter Um, and and what what more can you ask for i thought it was i thought it was just outrageous there if if he can keep up that level of performance that midfield duo we're now talking about a central midfield grouping that has two first names on the team sheet if he if that's a consistent weapon that we're gonna see and and that becomes an even harder problem for pots to deal with in a
2: great great way I think I agree with everything you said. Uh, I think the other thing is we go back to the striker conversation that the club is obsessed with. Um, Today, you saw what we've been talking about for a few weeks, which is, yes, Trussell had an amazing game, but it's more about how we create as a team and and how we create actual chances for, for the players that are playing and not just leave it so that we've got a number nine walking around there having one shot in 90 minutes. We had six shots on target to Liverpool's three. Uh, th- that's how we want to play. We, we don't need Lewandowski up front. We need a team that's working. And Wepu's part of that, right? We need these players that are coming in from midfield. We want players on the flanks that create opportunities for players. Um, and we saw that today.
0: What I'm hearing is uh, Adam has gone on record saying he would not take <laughs> Lewandowski at Brighton if given the opportunity. Ah, uh,
2: the wages are too high for me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, it was it was a superb performance, um, and and the free hits are all but up now, Craig, because uh, we're we're back in the business business side of the Premier League in the next three weeks. Uh, the, the the month of November is a big one for the Albion. Uh, great start to the premier league a bit of a bit of a blip without basuma and we've come back and we've just roared back to a draw against liverpool so uh next three are newcastle leeds and villa i think it may be the other way around in terms of villa and leeds uh but they're the three games in november um newcastle first possibly under new management probably under new management very unlikely to be great changes in terms of tactical now so because it's but he's going to have been there That's two, three days. Yeah. yeah. Uh, how many points are we hoping to see from from these three games? I think we took nine last year from these exact games, uh, if not seven. Not sure if we beat Villa. Mm. Um, what What are we hoping to see?
1: Uh, I mean, in terms of the the start that we've made, and just I guess the the way that we've conducted ourselves. Um, this sort of, this season, sorry, this is just broken, but um, just in in terms of what's happening this season and you're looking at five or six points for me. Um, I think in terms of out of the three, obviously you go ahead and you try and win them all, but I think Newcastle and Leeds, I think we can definitely get something from. And Villa seem very uh, sort of (laughs) topsy-turvy. You don't really know what team you're going to get with them. So um, I'd like to see, you know, six but you know that's a, such a mad statement, considering you know <laughs> what we normally, the mindset that we're normally in, and and where we usually are. Like last season, you'd be happy to take one win out of the three and get a couple of draws. Whilst here, it's like, well, you know, we need to start winning these games, and this is where the difference between top half and and bottom is is going to be made.
2: Yeah, this is it's tough because we've also got a, an international broke sandwich in between some of these right? we play the newcastle game and then there's a bit of time off um these sides are, are not your sides of old uh, newcastle 19th minus 12 goal difference leeds united 18th minus eight goal difference aston villa 15th minus two and there's a couple of games they've got to play yet but <laughs> the the only thing that worries me about these games is we saw today how valuable it is to play a team that will push up and try and score and the impact that we can then have when we get possession and can attack them with our wingers and pace. uh, And it opens up a lot of opportunities. What I don't want to see is any of these sides sit back and then capitalize on the fact that each of them have really strong strike force uh, if Leeds have Bamford back but they got Rafinha we know who Newcastle got in, in, in attack Villa have got Ings there's danger for me there um, but I still think if you walk away with fewer than six points out of these games as a, as a Brighton fan right now I think you're disappointed
0: yeah I agree with you I think five points at minimum because then at least you haven't lost one um, but I think that you know Leeds Leeds play Norwich this weekend. Uh, that's a bottom three clash. Uh, and then you've got West Ham playing Villa. So it's it's entirely feasible that we can be looking at these teams that are just that two of them are on single digits still. <laughs> but at Newcastle, definitely, by the time they visit us. Um, yeah. I, I'm, I'm half hoping that their managerial appointment this week is a really expansive manager because he is going to encourage them to go forward this week. And it's going to be two-hour benefit even though under Bruce they were obviously very much a defensive unit and we tore them apart anyway Uh, I still would like to see that just because I think that if we do play Lamptey uh, St. Max is going to get mad again Um, I I just don't see any other way it's not going to end that way because he's just got him in his head already Um, they've got no cup games to worry about either
2: there's there is a worry though for us in terms of the form Uh, and I know that it's silly to say this given what we've just done, Um, but our last five games, drawn, 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 lost, drawn in the Premier League, Um, that has to change here. That really does. I think hopefully we saw that transition today into a side that is able to be more expansive and and score more goals, two, arguably three goals, if not for a little bit of an offside. Um, we We need to change that form record despite the fact that you could say you walk away from the Arsenal and Norwich games with your head in your hands. We can't have that happen again. And and that key difference is is the loss of Basuma. for me. For me, it really was.
0: I think I think that if you if you have Basuma in that side, I think you'll possibly convert in both the draws at Norwich and Arsenal into wins. Um, and and then and then you know you're looking at we're sitting on twenty points and we're we're still in that top four, so. I think him coming back is going to be huge. Um, it already was today, and he only played sixty minutes. Um, and I, I like you when he went off. I was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> now, now we could be in trouble. Um, and and like you said, we argue, but he looked better for it because it changed it changed the style, and and they didn't adapt quick enough. So, uh, yeah. I th- I think he's going to be the difference for me. Um, and it's just a funny old league, isn't it? I mean. P- Palace are absolutely delighted they they they're having the time of their lives and like you said that for us we've had one win in, in six and they've had one win in six as well and they're they're over the moon um it's it's funny how things and and Leeds, Leeds are absolutely just fuming and they've had one win in six um it's it's a strange one uh it's it's and I said it yesterday there's a clear top three starting to emerge and I think we've all said that and there's a clear bottom one emerging Uh, (laughs) and I think that the Premier League is at its most exciting when everybody else is just has no idea who they are yet and every now and again like the Leicester season you'll get a season like that and I think this is one of them where you're going to see a couple of sides that you would not normally expect to see down in that bottom half struggling for their lives and a couple of teams you don't expect to see in that top half continuing to do better than they have any right to simply because when they do falter, results around them go
2: their way. Yep. It's a it's a clown fiesta, the league, at the moment. It really is. <laughs> Why did Burnley beat Brentford 3-1 today? It doesn't make any sense. Everyone's like, oh, Brentford, look at this football they're playing. They just... <laughs> go a turf more and just get absolutely slammed. Uh I mean, you just it just none of it really makes a whole lot of sense when you look at it. I think what's beautiful about this is that as you just said, aside from the three, even with the three top sides, because we've seen it today. Any side can actually beat any side in this league right now, which is a very good thing to have at the Premier League, because it's not always like that. Palace, a little bit fortunate by the fact that they were playing against the 10-man city. And let's also I uh, hate Zaha so much. I don't know if you caught any of that game, but he's yeah. such a petulant dickhead. <laughs> it's just a horrible player to watch. He's so skillful, but just seems like such a horrible character. But it's so nice that we get a league where we can actually have games and go into them and not, and not be like, oh, well, this is an easy win on paper for X, Y or Z.
1: Yeah, it's just like, I think I always enjoy the first 10 games of the season. I mean, more so this season, considering that we're sixth and not 17th, but in terms of just seeing where those teams are going to lie and like Josh alluded to, like what role are they going to play in this season and how mm-hmm. is it going to pan out? So, um, yeah, I mean, you're obviously you're seeing both, I guess, the top and the bottom of the table is pretty much working itself out. And then we could be anywhere from 7th to 14th um, yeah. know, in, in terms of just being where we are. Like I'm looking at the table here in terms of, you know, we're six points ahead of 16th and we're sitting in sixth. Um, you know, there's a couple of results and you could find yourself 10 spots down or three spots up in the Champions League places. It's, it's pretty crazy still.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I've got nothing more to add. Uh, I thought it was a great day. Uh, coming back from behind is always nice um, and then seeing it out was even better and and knowing that we, we have games that I consider very much games that we should have a good chance of winning winnable games all three of them uh for the month of november is nice considering the last couple of pods that we've done together we've been looking at the fixtures and just say yep yeah, man city this week then leicester then liverpool oh we've just been battered by man city still got leicester and liverpool for the next six days <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to uh it's nice to get in a bit back to normality instead of playing all these teams um i'll tell you who isn't getting back to normality though and this is one that i think we should be keeping an eye on for bottom three stuff uh watford they lost today against Southampton at home in what probably is a relegation six-pointer because both would that have been down there. Their November uh, and really all the way through to the beginning of December is brutal. Here's Watford's next six. Arsenal away, Manchester United at home, Leicester away, Chelsea at home, Manchester City at home.
2: <laughs> That's
0: brutal. That. brutal. <laughs> uh, uh, Taking one point would probably be good. Uh, so I mean, that's another team they're sitting on ten points here. They could be sitting at just before Christmas on ten points.
2: They could, but they could also walk into any of these games and say, I mean, they lost five 0 to Liverpool and then turn around and beat Everton five two. Yeah. I mean, on paper, no one's predicting that result either. We just don't know. You're right, but we just don't know. Yeah.
0: And and, it, and it's 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 great. I, I like it when it's like this because it gives teams like us. The actual chance to do something a bit wild, and we're we're the ones capitalising on it, which is weird because there's normally always another team that does it. Wolves one year, Burnley another year. No, this year we're sat in sixth, and we we look we look well worth being top half for now.
2: Well, it, it, bottom three is not currently in the discussion, right? We're 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 talking always. We have to think of that because of what's happened in the last few years. But now you we are truly talking about what needs to happen to get into the top half of the table uh, at the end of the season
1: and that's mad isn't it just i think just in terms of we, we we sit here and we discuss you know getting a point against liverpool anfield arguably you know a little bit annoyed that we didn't you know get three in some very rare cases um so it, in terms of that and to be sitting on this pod after 10 games saying that we're sixth and we we very very much have minimal concern about the relegation spots considering the last four years um yeah i mean it's not a better time to be an albion fan to be fair i mean considering how well we're doing and how well we're playing too i mean the the emphasis on us is how well we play as opposed to you know the results orientated business that the football is but there's always been such a key focal point on how we play and the philosophy behind how we develop and how we how we play games so not only are we Reaping the rewards, but also we're playing that's very pretty to the eye, and everyone loves watching us, and the plaudits just come steaming in. Today was a fun
2: game. Match of the day. This game should feature, depending on the outcome of the Spurs-Man United game, it should be on first, second, or third. It was a fun game. Yeah, it was,
0: and goals. Yeah, and disallowed goals, and drama, and just random stuff. Uh, so yeah, I, I mean, to me, like it's well worth being one of those games that should be in that first couple of games. One of those, you know, the featured ones that they yeah. have. Yeah. Uh, before we do drop off, because I think we're just about done, uh, Jeff Stelling has just announced his retirement from Soccer Saturday. This is his last season. Uh, bit of a legend,
1: just saying. Yeah, yeah. Those, those Soccer Saturday drinking games are not going to be the same again,
0: <laughs>
2: mate.
1: I did one of those once and I've never <laughs> been the same again.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, it's, it's it's the end of an era. Hopefully they just replace him with someone that's, I mean, we don't get to enjoy soccer Saturday quite as much as expats now, but I mean, the fact that we can still fondly remember it given the amount of time we have all been over the other side of the pond is testament to that show and his, his uh, leadership of it. But I did, before we do jump off, I want to just talk about the midweek fixture very quickly against Leicester. We saw Sarmiento play a number of minutes in that game and Yes, he was absolutely at fault for one of, the, one of the goals that Leicester <laughs> scored. That's fine. Um, but he was electric. And it's not often, especially in the, the, the people that the players that Potter puts out, outside of maybe Trossard and Lampte, it's not many players that we have in the team that their first thought is, I want to go round my man. I want to take him on. Sarmiento so was like, I want to take on as many as possible. I just gave us a different edge very excited about him he was on the bench today I think obviously Anfield away is a little bit too big of a prospect for him right now but got to be excited about the future there too
1: yeah he, he came out of nowhere as well didn't he you know we, we sign him and clearly impressed immediately to be playing two or three games for the under 23s and then straight onto the bench for the first team clearly potter sees something in him and I think it is that directness that, that ability to run at the opponents and, and put fear into defenders and keep them on the back foot. Um, one of the things we were talking about in terms of these next games, you know, a team that sits back and lets us attack them. We find it very difficult to break those yeah. teams down. Yeah. So the prospect of a Sarmiento and a Lamptey and a Kukurea, you know, being able to run at that team, put them on the back foot so that we can play our game and move through that middle. And um, I think, it's very easy to see what potter sees in him given what we saw at Leicester and you know the very limited appearances but i think the idea is is to have that directness so that we can break teams down that do sit back
0: yeah mwepu too looked very keen to run with the ball today
1: uh,
0: which is another one of those players that, that we haven't had recently um and we yeah we're starting to gather a group of them aren't we we're looking at samiento uh, mwepu doing the same thing Isuma loves to run at his man if he's if he's if he's further forward uh Kukurea loves it Lamptey loves it Solly is like eh, depends on the It depends when he comes on as a super sub I feel like he's well keen on it when he's not he doesn't he's a different player yeah um and I don't know if you've seen too much of him but I'm a bit of a I'm a bit of a weirdo in that I like to watch the Belgian pro league a fair bit um that is weird yeah I know I don't know why (laughs) um it's a weird, it's odd. I know it is, but it is just the thing. Uh, my toma looks. Yeah. He he likes to run at players. He is causing people so many problems uh, in Belgium. It's outrageous. Um, and he's only coming on at subs for half the time because he's, you know, they're obviously not getting him ready. Like they don't think he's ready yet or whatever. And it helps that they're winning like every single game, so it's hard to break in. But he's going to be another one by the looks of it. That. Just wants to just run up players, and and he, without any disrespect to him, he already looks a serious caliber above Percy Tap.
2: It's almost like our group of managers, uh, from signing standpoint, ownership standpoint, know what they're doing. Crazy, <laughs> uh, the, they had the foresight to bring in these players and think about players coming through. Like uh, we can look back and go, oh, this seemed. Uh, now I understand this was a good idea. These guys have to do it years in advance.
0: Yeah it's uh it's all it's all coming together and it's i mean what well, it's like 12 plus years of, of hard work and diligence from from this group especially tony bloom primarily um and it's it's rare because you're seeing a lot of these top teams like united that are ran by people with not a football in one percent of football and knowledge in their brain and it shows um are you sure uh Woodwood Woodward, <laughs> Wood, Wood, Glazers, Ole, all of them. Uh, you know, it's an old boys club, isn't it? It's it's the it's a Sir Alex Ferguson generational fund at this point. Um and Tony, albeit, you know, more than anything, a money man and, and and a and a clever businessman, uh, he obviously has an eye for football because he's he's been so clever in the way he's built this team up.
2: Or an eye place. for getting out of the way and letting people that know what they're doing make decisions which is another yeah. thing that you don't see out of some of these clubs where they have a player they like and they're like we're signing him get out it's my money off you go yep
0: all right i think that was everything uh so we will be back next week as always to cover the newcastle game hopefully uh we'll be looking at that on the back of three points uh which will be lovely whoever is in charge uh at the tune and yeah we'll see you next week see you later peace